Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. Good on FM Los Angeles. 102.3 FM Riverside. And 1050 AM Palm Springs. Um, today we are interviewing, or I am, David North Martino. And uh, he's been uh, writing a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, the book that we're going to talk about, or we're going to talk about all of this writing because it's the first time, but The Wolves of Vengeance. So thank you, David, for being here. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for having me. Um, wow. Um, so where, where did writing – yeah, let's start with you because you're the first time. So when you started writing, um, what made you start writing? What, what was it that drew you into actually sitting down and putting it on paper? That's interesting. Um, I think, you know, the interesting thing is I originally wanted to be a comic book artist. And where um, where my um, my uh, my grandmother wanted to uh, when I went to see her, she wanted to instill um, she she just wanted to instill a lifelong love of reading. And what she ended up doing, <clears throat> excuse me, what she ended up doing was uh, just buying me all sorts of comic books. And at first, I thought that uh, through reading those comic books, and I did graduate to reading short stories and novels, but I thought I wanted to be an artist. And then over a period of time, I realized that um, I didn't really want to draw. I wanted to tell a story. And I was trying to tell the story um, through the art, through artwork. And I was trying to scribble it all out. And um, I ended up reading a, um, sorry for my voice, Um, I ended up reading an interview by a comic book um, creator, 
artist, writer by the name of uh, Jim Starlin. And he had an interview where um, he mentioned that he was thinking about uh, doing more novels, doing more short stories, uh, writing more. And I said, you know, I've never thought of that. And this is when I was, I was very young. I was like 13 or so. So that was kind of my first, when I just began to think about actually putting, you know, so to speak, pen, pen to page. Yeah. Well, it's just, uh, I wonder, because I was interested in this, because what was the point where you felt you were good enough? Do you know what I mean? Because like for yeah. myself, I, I was a late starter myself. <laughs> So it took me a while. But if you actually, um, when you're writing your very first project, your first book or short story or whatever it is that you're going to put out in the world, um, what what give you the courage to do that? Like what made you think, oh, yeah, this is good enough, and you actually felt strong enough to actually let it go in public? Um, I think what that was was actually just a realization that writers, <clears throat> even writers like Stephen King, end up getting tons of rejection. So I remember asking my wife to, um, this was back when I first tried my hand at it. Um, I had settled down enough uh, that I could focus. And this was like 96, 97. And I, I, told, I asked her to get me a writer's digest my birthday or, or what have you and I said I you know I'll make uh, I'll make a promise to you that I'll because she knew I wanted to write that I'll write a story I'll send it out and I'll get my first rejection <laughs> right? yeah. and, I'm like, and I thought I can deal with that I know that I'm probably going to get re get a rejection and I'm going to learn from that so that's what I did she got me the um the the uh, uh, Writer's Digest, and I started to look through a uh, Writer's Market, and I started to look through it and uh, started to uh, write some stories. And, um, you, you know, I think, you know, since you say that, I, I have to back up just to say um, I had a couple times in, in school, and I didn't like school. I, yeah. I especially didn't like high school. Right. And um, what what happened was uh, I had teachers. I had I had one teacher who I'll tell this story. I was in high school uh, in English class. I was in uh, I was in uh, what what author um, Brian Keene calls bonehead English. <laughs> it was just. Uh, uh, it, it, it was. Um, it wasn't great. Were, up above this English class was uh, college prep, and then you went from college prep and you had honors English. And I didn't want to do college prep, and I didn't want to do honors English because I wanted to read science fiction books. I wanted to read horror books. I didn't want to have to spend my summer reading everything that they were going to. Um, uh, require me to read. So I was kind of hiding out. And then one Halloween, my teacher ended up saying, you know, I want everybody to write a short story. 
uh, for Halloween. And I said, oh, I'm going to have to do this because <laughs> I, I really wanted to write. So I sat down and I wrote a short story. It, even though I was reading a lot of fiction at the time, um, it still was very much uh, a ripoff of like John Carpenter's Halloween. <laughs> and it was a slasher. And uh, it was a different time. Today, you'd get suspended uh, for, uh, or, or expelled for writing a story like this. But I wrote it. I asked my mother to edit it. I went back down. We had a Commodore uh, 64-128. There was a family computer. I typed it up. I submitted it. And I'm like, it, it, I think she was surprised that I just like turned in homework. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, uh, so a few days went by. And uh, she read the stories, and she came in, and she rolled up my my story. She rolled it up. She walked over to me and smacked me in the head with it and said, what are you doing? And I said, well, what do you mean, what am I doing? I, You know, you said that you wanted me to write a short story. I wrote a short story. She said, you have talent, and you're not living up to your potential. You know, you should be in honors English. You should be teaching this class. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. But that was, I think, one of the first times that I realized that maybe I had um, a little bit of talent and that, you know, as a you know, diamond in a rough, as, as it always is, that I needed to, uh, you know, kind of polish that up and, and get better at it. So when I decided to submit, I kind of knew that I might have you know, a little bit of talent and that I might be able to, you know, get to that point where I could, could expand it. Well, it's, you know, but that's, you know, school. I mean, what was that in the eighties or something? Yeah. It was the 80s. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, for me, I was growing up in the sixties and, and um, okay. yep. uh, I was writing with my left hand and the teacher would smack ah. me with the ruler because that was, against, yes. that was just so wrong. It was against and, the rules. The other thing was I'm colorblind and I'm also autistic, so I spoke yep. not, and I and I couldn't tell colors. <laughs> so they thought I was kind of a a bad kid, yeah, you know, because I didn't I didn't I wouldn't answer them and I didn't so because back then they didn't really understand that sort of thing. Um, so there, there's always that challenge when you're younger, especially in a school, because yeah. the schools are standard, right? They, they're looking for rules and. And that and all that stuff. But do you feel comfortable with grammar? Do you feel comfortable with prose, with, with actually the, the words? Or is the story more important to you, and is that what you center on? Um, that's a good question. Um, you know, I'm basically a, a pantser or, you know, an organic writer. And I think I realized that I could kind of hear in my head the voices, right? <laughs> Here oh. in my head, <laughs> transcribe the voices in your head. <laughs> Keep away from the capital, then. <laughs> exactly. <Those> voices. <laughs> but the, um, <laughs> but the, I, I could hear kind of like the rhythm of language. And um, so I, I was never, I've never been that much of a plotter or that much of somebody who sits down and does an outline. Um, I kind of have an idea of where I'm going with the story, whether it's a short story or a novel. With a novel, I kind of have kind of an idea eventually of what the plot might be. But I just kind of start um, 
with, with, sometimes I have a, a lot of the idea in my head. Sometimes I don't. And I kind of follow it. And then, you know, it's, it's very labor intensive because then afterwards you have to cut tons of stuff out. But I find that if I write an outline that I'm not like with the character and I end up writing stuff that the character isn't going to do, that the character, the character isn't going to do, the character isn't going to, um, yeah, you just, the character refuses <laughs> to do this stuff, or I realize the character wouldn't do this. And uh, if, if I'm writing and I'm right with that character and I follow that character to the end, uh, it, it usually that character is, is more congruent and, and I kind of find kind of find the story. I don't know if that answered your question. But. Yeah, it sort of gave me an idea because the thing is for me, I've always written uh, true stories, nonfiction. And so yeah. I don't have that. Um, I don't know, luxury, I guess you want to call it, but I don't have that. I, I can't really play around with what is and who these people are. I can only find out about them and then lay it out there. So it's different. Exactly. So I'm interested in someone that like you. And so when I talk to a lot of people that write fiction, whether it's crime yeah. fiction, horror, sci-fi, all this sort of stuff. So I always say, um, so it's about your character or characters, but, how do you develop them and where do they come from? And this is a, it's a full question because, um, yeah. I mean, I've had people on that have said that, that their characters are like their kids, like their family, they, they're, yeah. they're people, they're, they're real to them, um, so to speak. And, and they have, they use them and they develop them and the whole mm -hmm. thing. It's really important. Some other people are not so much that way. They're, um, so it sounds to me like how you're explaining how you write you're not the outline and structure and all this, and then this, so this person does this and this, and they have to go through this. You're the character, and you're writing from that point of view. Correct. So so where does that, you know, so your character, first of all, where does that come from? Is that from, uh, you know, people you know, your family, or is it someone you've seen at a coffee shop or uh, in, a, in a supermarket or, like, so how, how does a character come to you? Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, I, it's, it's, it's interesting. Sometimes the character will come fully formed just in my head, and I don't know where they came from. Other times um, I might be uh, – I, I might use a, a composite, a, a portion of a character. Like in, like in Wolves of Vengeance, um, one of my main characters is Jack Amon. And Jack – is based in part on a guy actually from high school who I didn't get along with. We almost ended up in a couple fistfights. <laughs> we didn't like each other, but um, he ended up a few years out of high school. He ended up dying of a drug overdose and it put things in perspective a little bit for me. And I was like, wow, you know, you know, what was so bad in his life that had caused this? And I kind of wanted to write a story about a, a guy, and it, again, it's not him, but uh, who, you, you know, was probably, the, the character did criminal activity, I don't know if he did, but the character did criminal activity, abused drugs, abused alcohol, uh, was a bully, and I wanted to write a story where he 
was able to turn his life around. Um, and so at the beginning of his part of the story, he has turned his life around. But then he finds out that a kid that he bullied, he didn't, you know, he, he kind of remembers this. There's like these wild animal attacks on his friends, like just his friends uh, from, from the old days at his, at his um, uh, old hometown. And he ends up realizing that, that uh, maybe, this, maybe this kid who was into the occult, who cursed him, maybe um, this curse is coming for him. And he doesn't, you know, of course, doesn't totally be believe that exactly, but he returns to try to find out what's going on and to try to reconcile his past. So with, with his character, his character is kind of um, uh, based partially on this other character, uh, this, this person who lived, who, who was alive, who I knew, um, probably partially on some parts of my own personality. Uh, I, I will sometimes even, if I'm having trouble hearing the character's voice, it didn't so much happen with him, but um, I'll, I'll think about a, a celebrity who has an interesting voice, and I'll use their voice in my head. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I pull... I usually do a composite. I just pull from from different things from my old. You know, I might take a part of myself. Um, let's say that the part when you know I, I decided to go back to school. Uh, that was a different uh, a different side of my personality, uh, as opposed to the side of my personality that was rebellious. So I could take that rebellious side and kind of turn it into a character because characters aren't fully fledged people. They're an illusion because characters have to be very congruent and people aren't always, and they have to be simplified. So you can take a character that's like yourself, uh, a, a portion of yourself from a portion, a certain time in your life. And, um, and then, you know, mix it with people that you know, or people that um, people that you've met um, I had a short story published um, where I used partially this one guy that I, I, I worked for um, who was a, um, he was a boot camp instructor. <laughs> and he had a, a very, um, very uh, strong personality. And he would, he would always come up to me, North Martino, <laughs> and and uh, so I used him for for a for a character who was running a security department, and uh, so so I, I I pull I pull from people I know, but I I try very try, try not to use too much of that uh, yeah. of, of one person so that people don't but, know it's that person. But the part that you're pulling, like when you say, okay, so I pull a certain thing that. Uh, out of this character like there's something that you've come across about a person you might have known or known and or and you take that part and you're going to use it in in the one you're writing about what 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 parts are you taking are you taking parts that you don't like about that person 
are you taking parts that you maybe do like? And and when you say taking parts of yourself, again, are you are you taking things that you'd like to change about yourself? You think? Oh, it's interesting. It's, it's very possible. I mean, I I think it's I think it's both. I think sometimes you take something from uh, about somebody that you like or that's that you find endearing, like uh, the guy who had been a boot camp instructor, and he was very harsh, but in you know, a tough love sort of way. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, and I, and I haven't thought about that part. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of writers I know, you know, end up writing about parts of themselves that they didn't like or maybe their, their own addictions, and they didn't know they were doing it. Right. So that's I, interesting. I, I see, because I, I, I've had I, – I, I want, okay, I've had conflict with some other radio people. And, okay. and when I looked at it, I kind of thought, you know, um, I, and there are people that I really like their work, but I, and so I think what it was, was I'm, I was picking out parts of myself that I see in them that I, that I didn't like. Oh, interesting. It's really interesting because then, because now I've become friends with some. And and I realized, <laughs> I think one of them, when, when we were kind of snapping at each other, I think we both realized that, you know, a lot of it is uh, we had a lot of each other in each other. And um, it's sort of, um, it's a unique thing because sometimes, if, I guess if you're writing it down, in a way, you're sort of changing that part. Yeah, you are. It's, it's kind of like a transformation of like the shadow, you know, your own shadow of, of the, you know, young talks yeah. about, you know, the dark side of yourself and sides that you don't like and that you don't acknowledge. Right. And, and see, and nobody can see the shadow except for the people that are bad. Oh, interesting. Right. You see, uh, the evil in that, in that person is how they hear the shadow. Okay. You see, so there's, there's, there, that, that, that's just a concept. That's all. So I just, I yeah, always project it. Yeah, and I always try to say, well, you know, if you're putting parts of yourself into this, I wonder if how much is it that, you know, you like or dislike or you'd like to change or you, you like about yourself that you'd like mm. to put out there. That's all. I just think deeper huh. of things like that because I That's can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because my character, they just go out and kill 20 people. I can yeah. tell you what, the, what is, that character is and does and what people, you know, but I can't really – you know, I don't have that type of relationship that people that write fiction do with their characters. That is very interesting. Yeah. I think too much. I can. <laughs> don't we me, all? Gets me in trouble. Ears start bleeding. <laughs> Sometimes I say the wrong thing. But um, well, I just like exploring these things because. Yeah, it's, it's all part of the fun. Yeah. And it also, uh, it, I think what it does is it, it helps you um, move on in your writing. You know, because yeah. I, I find each one I write is usually better than the one before. And it's because mm -hmm. I've been through what I've been through to get there. Do you know what I mean? And, and yes. then you think about your, your, your feedback and that. Does feedback mean anything to you? Like, do, are you still at the point where, okay, you put out this book, like, let's say Wolf of Vengeance, and then someone comes along and goes, well, you know, I'm not talking about the troll that just does one star and this guy can't write and all yeah. this, right? But just someone that goes to two and a half or three stars go, well, yeah, it was okay. I didn't mind it. And yeah, it was okay. And stuff like that. Does that affect you? 
Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting because it doesn't affect me that, that much. And maybe that's how I've been able to deal with lots of rejection <laughs> over the years. Because, um, I, you know, I, I especially like when I get feedback from editors. And even if it's harsh, if I can learn something from it, um, you know, you really can't, I mean, I, you know, you kind of, you feel a little like, oh, that's, you know, unfortunate that somebody didn't like it. But, um, you know, it's, I find it interesting because writing is so subjective. And I, I wrote a story uh, that I was trying to make it, make it appear what I was trying to do, I was trying to put the reader on like a train, like a freight train on, on the tracks and where they could see the tracks, um, like, like a bridge. They could see the bridge was out down the line, and, but there was nothing they could do about it. And um, I had so, – so to do that, I didn't really have any twists in the story, and the story was sold. And, you know, I did get criticism from that from, from uh, one reader and thought that it was very well, the story was very well put together, but uh, there was no twist. They knew what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's how they, you know, it, it's kind of how they, how they perceived that story. And they really wanted a twist. Um, the twist that I came up with originally, uh, it just, I, I didn't think, it had enough power. And my wife usually edits my work, and she didn't think it had enough power. So I stayed with um, I, I stayed with the original version, and the editor purchased it. And, you know, it, at the end of the day, the person, the editor, who has determined that your story is good enough to be published and gives you money for it, that they're the one that... Uh, you know, that matters to me more. But I do, you know, I'm very, and it's not that I don't, you know, if people read my work, I'd love to hear what they have to say about it. And I'm very open to, to that type of criticism. So oh, you uh, shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> I got two more bad reviews. So, no, to hell with them. Hell with them. Exactly. Exactly. You're right. You're yeah. right. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take on. Uh, I'm gonna hunt them <laughs> down. Hunt them down and get them. And, uh, well, you know, sometimes it, it gets to me. Um, yeah, well, but, you're human. Well, the thing We're is, well, uh, the thing is, I'm not so much about my writing because I, I do know that I have my limitations, and that I've gotten better through the time. Everything moves yeah. on, but um, so I, you know, I don't care if someone says, "Well, you know, there's just not enough." Uh, you know, words for them, I guess. That's fine. But, but I'm, I'm kind of writing a report. I'm kind of writing a, a happening, and I try to put stuff into it. But, yeah. um, you know, you can't, you can't take it too personal, I guess. No. And it, it, there's also there's people that do want to uh, lash out. Like they, they, they might yes. be having a really bad day, or they might be having a really bad something. And yes. uh, do, do you <laughs> like to kill people that you don't like? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I asked that because yeah, yeah. JD Horn, right? He's he's a best selling writer, and when we talked to him back in the spring, he was like, you know, some lady um, pushed him in a line, called him a name or something, and he was just like, oh, okay, and then he took her and he killed her in his book. He added her as <laughs> yep. an accessory character, but he made sure she had a really bad death. Um, and so I was just wondering if uh, I always ask that question because that fascinated me that people do that. And I'm thinking, well, I'm never going out to the coffee shop anymore because. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you say that. And I, I just remembered this. I have a, a novel that I'm almost done with. And it was it was funny because like the third act of the book, um, I wasn't exactly sure what was going. And I ended up having. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And these neighbors move in because I had... They're no longer there, but we had neighbors move in. We live in a, a townhouse condo. I was going to say, did you kill them? Like what? <laughs> yes. yes. No. I, I I killed the neighbor. I created characters based on the two neighbors, and they were very loud, and they just they just had a lot of loud, wild parties. And I, I feel like maybe they were there for a reason, so that I could put them in the book. But I did. I mean, every one of the. I mean, I didn't know exactly. Like I only knew 
the two neighbors. I really didn't know their friends. So their friends were just kind of, uh, you know, just totally made up. And, yeah, and I, I, I had them all killed. <laughs> in a bad way. In a really bad, yes, in a really bad, in a really bad way in the, in the supernatural novel. And, well, I guess that yeah. sort of, you know. That kind of helps. It's cathartic. Yeah, it, it kind of helps you get through things. I mean, but yeah. that, that brings me up, you know, before, <laughs> before I get into the other stuff, I was thinking, you know, um, okay, um, this last year in America and, and around the world, uh, yeah. but in America specifically, because America has not really been living up to what they usually do. So uh, in a lot of different ways. But when, when you've got all this stress going on, you've got like the um, pandemic, you've got the yeah. nutball president, you've got the, um, um, sorry if you like Trump, but, <laughs> but if you've got, if you, but, and if you've got like, um, you know, the, the Black Lives Matters and the, and the yeah. riots, I mean, it's been a, it's been a stressful it's been a year. Crazy year. So when you've got that going on, I ask this of a lot of writers. What what yeah. happens to you in in the writing part? Like, do you do you let? I mean, I know you're not writing about pandemics and stuff like this, but do you let the stress and the unknown that's around you that affects you? Like, you can't turn on the TV without hearing it. You can't go on social media. Yeah. But but so when that's going on on a daily basis, does this seep into your writing? Do you think? Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because um, I've had some people that say yes, and some people that say it gets really dark and it's got darker than normal and they feel that mm. way. Then you've got people that say, no, I totally live in a fantasy. And so when I go into the writing, it's just all gone. And then you've got a few people like myself that you just kind of almost shut down. You 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 know, for a day or two, you just can't write, right? So it's everyone's different. I was just wondering with someone like you. Yeah, um, that's, I you know, it's interesting. I think uh, I have two answers to that question. The first, the first answer is that I ended up writing uh, a, a dystopia, a dystopic uh, <laughs> science fiction story, and uh, that, that I that I wrote specifically to send to Writers of the Future because I've got some honorable mentions from them, and I wanted to uh, you know, of course, see if if I could win the contest eventually so i wrote something but it was it was it was dark yeah yeah it was dark um and it it was yeah yeah <laughs> and i i guess i guess too i have been doing a lot more editing because it doesn't take as much focus you know i've, yeah. I've talked to um uh, some writers and stuff and they're, they're like i'm having a hard time reading and I see this on, on social media. I'm having a hard time reading uh, with, with all the craziness going on. And, uh, but I, I found that I, I didn't have to focus as much uh, to do certain parts of the editing. Right. Uh, whereas when I'm inside of a story, I really have to kind of get immersed. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I did that and I also wrote a story uh, I wrote a story for Weird Tales. They were going to have a they, they were going to have a contest, but I, I think uh, because of COVID and stuff, they ended up uh, dropping it. And it was a very it, it, was, it was like a, it was a very dark serial killer story. So yeah, I think I think now that you say that, and I'm aware of it, 
I, I think my writing has gotten darker. Yeah. I don't see how it could have. You yeah. know, some of the people that tell me they don't, I sort of think, well, I guess it depends on your relationship with what the stress is and what the problems are. I mean, because if you're in a, in, in a household and someone important dies or something goes on, it has to affect your mood. Um, yeah. Whether you're, it makes you sad or happy. I don't know. <laughs> it depends on this, the neighbors. Maybe you're happy. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, but, it's all channeled in. Yeah, I, I just don't see how it could not come out in the way you talk, the way you think, and the way you write. But um, I'm, I only ask the questions, but because um, yeah. it certainly affects me, I know. Yeah. It. I, I, I don't know, but um, but you know, hey, that's yeah. me. Well, you know, now that you say it, it's you know, it, it's sometimes until a light is shined on it, you go, wait a minute, yeah. Yeah, you know what My stuff there. is darker, you're right. Yeah. Oh, I've been killing everyone in this one. <laughs> <laughs> they've all got the, uh, they all got a disease, you know. It's, it's you know, a disease. Well, you know. <laughs> well, you know, you have to wonder, because you see, the thing is, when I look at the world right now, and I look at things, uh, again, I'm writing a nonfiction, because I've done cult books, and I've done things, and conspiracy, mm-hmm. and I kind of look at things, and I see that, these always take a huge spike when there's a lot of, um, what do you say, there's a lot of um, insecurity. There's a yes. lot of people that are feeling scared. A lot of people yes. are feeling unsure. And when we feel that way, we, we, we head toward uh, either a religion or a, a conspiracy or a um, mm-hmm. cult, it could be, or whatever it is. We do look for something for comfort, right? Like we have a lot yeah. more people looking. And, and structure. Yeah, and that that's kind of, you know, and so I, I just wonder, uh, with all of this going on, usually uh, it would come out in what we do. It's just, um, anyway, that's deep thoughts. Yeah, deep thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Well, it is, because I think, I, but I think it's good, I think it's good to evaluate yourself in that way. Um, Absolutely. Because you come out of it with a better range, I think, when you do that. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, but, but, you know, I'm just a dumb blonde. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> but I add hair that was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. When, yeah, and editing itself, it's a, I find that it's mechanical. Yes, more so for me tedious yeah yeah for sure god someone gives you like a eighty thousand word manuscript oh my god but i don't i don't i do not do that i have good editors involved and that makes a huge difference but i understand what they go through and and the editors are the the toughest the ones that kind of give you the most grief are usually the best because in a way they're just making your book better absolutely you know even though they're a pain (laughs) and i'm gonna kill them in the next book (laughs) they they try to bring out the best in you especially you know sometimes a a chapter or a a certain portion of the book may flag a little bit and they try to bring that up uh to, to the level of the rest of the book what made you choose to go into the dark, uh, darker elements like these sort of and and paranormal? So when you mentioned that paranormal fantasy, so supernatural sort of stuff, um, do you, does that come from experience with paranormal yourself, or is that just out of the blue? <laughs> a little, a little. You know, 
you know, of course, you know, we're talking about the 80s, and the 80s were horror, right? Horror was king, yeah. and it was literally Stephen King. And you might like, like the story. Um, here's something that happened that was weird. To, and I, I don't know. Yeah. Take it as you will. But so I, uh, this was, I think, 80, 1984, and I was probably 13. And uh, a friend of the family, she came over, and she had a couple paperback books with her. And she walked up to me, like, in a very robot, robotic manner. And she held these two books up, out to me. And she said, here, I think you will like these. And I, and I said, you know, I, I asked, her, I will? And she said, yes. And then she handed me, the, I, I took the books, and she walked away. And it was like kind of like nothing uh, had happened. So I, I ended up reading the books, and one of them... Uh, there was a, a British writer by the name of Martin Thomas, and he wrote The Hand of Cain, which was like an occult horror novel. And he also, he was, he at least wrote one book under the house name Peter Saxon for The Guardians. It was, it was a book called The Curse of Rathlaw. And these were 60s books, uh, late 60s. And they were, oh, they, I think they were reissues. Uh, that you could buy on the stand, right. and the um, the the hand of Cain was very cheesy, uh, especially even by 1980 standards, it was really cheesy. Oh, boy. But, <laughs> but I really liked it; it was really interesting. And the other book, The Curse of Rathlaw, was like reading a hard R movie. It was it was really out there. My, you know, my parents always let me read whatever I wanted; that was no big deal. But it was really strange because I finished the books. I ended up seeing her, and I said, "Thanks for you know giving me these these books. I, I really enjoyed them." And she said, "Oh, that's where those books went. <laughs> I gave them to you." <laughs> and and also, I you know it's like you hear the Twilight Zone yeah. music in your head. And I don't know if she was messing with me, or if that was. Providence saying, you know, go, go in No, this she's a heroin addict. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, there's, I'm open to all possibilities, but I yeah. mean, she was probably stoned. <laughs> very she probably didn't even know where she was. <laughs> <laughs> she thought she was giving the books to Jesus. And she, <laughs> well, <he's, laughs> yeah. But it makes a good story, right? Well, yeah. No, I, I mean, you know, weird things happen, you know. But that's sort of... that's the thing. So yeah, I mean, I've of course, uh, you know, the 1980s were filled with, um, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm losing it. Um, what what uh, was really big in the 80s? Uh, uh, oh, I can't think slashers. of slashers. Well, the slashes were, but kind of a different type of uh, the occult. Palmistry and crystals and yeah, all of this stuff. Um, and back then, I was reading. I was reading books on ESP and, you know, like I said, palmistry and uh, crystal healing and Hans Holzer and ghosts and <laughs> and all that stuff. And I, I was just eating all that stuff up. And yeah. I was, you know, and before that, I had read, you know, I was basically reading, you know, science fiction and fantasy. 
And um, uh, so, yeah, to, you know, I've, I've had a little bit of, you know, strange things. Um, I, I don't know if I should tell the story, but I was, I, I was in, um, in like 1991. I, my friend and I had gone into a local occult shop, and they were really big at the time. And we went in, and uh, this is, of course, before I met my wife. And we were kind of, my friend and I were kind of um, cruising uh, flirting a little bit with the, cruising <laughs> <laughs> the girl behind yeah. the desk. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were, kind of, we were kind of flirting with her and stuff. And her husband walked in. Uh-oh. He turned out to be a ceremonial mag- magician. And it was just a weird thing, because when he walked into the room, all I felt was heat. <laughs> it was really strange. I, I, and I didn't say anything. And I walked when we, when my friend and I walked out. I, I asked him. I said, um, "Did you feel anything in there?" And he's like, "Yeah, it was like a blast furnace." And I'm like, "Hmm." <laughs> I'm like, "I don't know what that was." Yeah. Was- so you know, I'm I'm certainly open to possibility, but you know, there's ways to explain everything away and stuff. But it, you know, these are fun stories, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think? You know, it's interesting too because when we talk horror. Um, you know, the classics, um, things like Dracula, Frankenstein, real old, yeah. and, and things that they were doing in the 50s and 60s compared mm-hmm. to what they're doing now. Um, yeah. what, what's your preference? Oh, interesting. You, you know, hmm, that's it, it's difficult because, you, you know, those movies are the foundation for what's being done today uh, and what was being done you know, with, within the eighties and, oh, I, you know, I, I tend to like more modern retellings and more modern horror than I do uh, the old fifties and sixties. My wife loves the old fifties and sixties movies. And I, I do too. You know, we like to watch, you know, uh, Preacher from the Black Lagoon. Right. And the uh, uh, Dracula, Bela Lugosi and, you know, what's uh, Sven Gulli? Yeah, Sven Gulli. Yeah, it's Saturday fun. night I watch. Yeah. It's it's fun. It, it, it's fun. You know, and it's interesting that people back then, uh, those movies were scary. They can right. be scary, and I think you know, as we get more sophisticated, we get more jaded. Yeah, there, there needs to be a greater level of horror. Um, done like I. I, I just watched not not long ago, you, you know. Uh, well, it was twenty eighteen, but like like um, Halloween twenty eighteen. I I love that movie. <laughs> I know yeah. not everybody liked it, but I I thought that was just just a lot of fun. Yeah, but what you know, I I just wonder because I see a lot of a lot of modern day versions tend to be a lot more uh, graphic, and they're a yeah. lot better at their effects of course yes. so it's it's much more realistic and it's that you know because in the 60s they didn't have that that's right and, and so when you watch the older ones you have to rely more on the characters and the words and, and just exactly. the whole scening and so it's it's it, it was harder i think if you either get into it or you don't but nowadays there's so much flash going across the screen that that's true um it's hard not to watch but they don't have as much dialogue that's true. And I think sometimes they don't have as much. Uh, I think one of the problems, like one thing that I've noticed in some movies is there's no internal conflict. You have these characters 
and they're kind of milling about and nobody is the uh, nobody's trying to be the foil they kind of all get along and they're kind of following the plot and there's something that they have to defeat but they don't have to struggle within themselves and within the group and i find when that happens it's kind of boring yeah and i've noticed that with with, with some more recent movies is that there's there's no real struggle with um with characters who who are saying well no i don't want to do that we need to go and do this and you know and having a character who might say well you know I, i'm out for myself yeah you know i've, I've noticed that some movies have, have lost that well i think you know if you don't if you don't have that then you're not going to get to know your characters no they're only they're only they're hollow they're just there Exactly, and, and it won't matter as much when you cut their head off. Exactly, you want to feel for those characters. Yeah, or you want to laugh at them, and you want to yeah. feel good. <laughs> yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. You, you want to, 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 you know, just with, with a villain, a good villain. When the villain dies, you cheer, and it's the same thing when an annoying character in a horror movie gets offed. You know, it, it, it's part of that precarious pleasure of, yeah. of, of, of a horror film. Well, and it, but I think there's also a lot of pressure. Like if you're on, you know, with Netflix and with all these streaming now, oh, everyone's yeah. trying to fill their time and the schedule. And so there's a lot of generic characters being used over and over again. And, yes. and that might be a problem. But if you're if you're under the pressure to do a lot of writing, you're going to, you know, you kind of have to maybe. Um, but the other thing I, I found of some of the modern days it's driving me nuts and this is probably just because i'm older um but they write into an old show or like a show that something that's happened in you know 1898 or 1910 and then they're doing things like sorry for your loss as their lines and things that they would never say back then Mm, yes. You know, or thank you for your service. It's like they didn't say that to you yeah. in 1910. Come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't fit. Like the characters are speaking 2020, not 1910. Yes. I've noticed that. that. Uh, but I, I think that that's in, age. I think that's age. I noticed that in in the, the original Wonder Woman movie, you yeah. had you had Steve Trevor, and it was a it was a fun movie. But yeah. You had Steve Trevor talking basically about divorce. <laughs> and making it seem like people and it's like people didn't get divorced in, in the, and you had to war. get permission that the other yeah. spouse had to give you a divorce so yeah oh i know it drives me nuts well the second one have you seen the new one yes oh my god <laughs> you know and you know what you know what drives me nuts i mean people pick out all sorts of stuff but you know what i pick out mm-hmm. okay how come wonder okay so wonder woman has an accent but when she's yeah. back on Amazon, none of them have that accent. Accent. And then when they go back to her childhood, when she's a kid, she doesn't have that accent. So accent. How did she get that? See, things like that bother me. And yeah. a lot of people go, oh, it's, don't, that's silly. Don't worry. But it, no, it's not. Because it, you, what happens is I get focused on that, and then that's all I think about, and then yeah. it ruins it. You know, that's just me, I guess. But, but it was a bad one anyway, so it doesn't yeah, matter. It was a mess. Yeah. And I... I don't know what they were thinking. I don't. I don't know why. I, I feel like, with some judicious, judicious editing, they could. They could. They, they can't make it a good movie, yeah. but they could fix it. I think two and a half hours 
was way too much for yeah. that for that film. It felt like it felt like five hours. Yeah, you might as well have a mini series. Yeah. You know. <laughs> But the, you know, I think I think with that stuff too, I think they're under the gun and they try to rush it and get it out, and they're yeah. under pressure and nobody checks. I mean, that was the same as the, uh, you know, with uh, the, that dragon thing um, on the um, HBO, um, whatever uh, the crowns. You know, remember? It? Oh, oh, uh, oh! You're talking about uh, uh, Game of Thrones? Yeah. Okay. I mean, look at that last season. It was like a it, they 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 tried to get, wrap it all up in a quick place and a quick ending and you know you it got starbucks coffee cups you got bottles of water on the set you, got, <laughs> you know what i mean because everyone's so pushed to do everything so fast and you can't have a real intricate well done series for so many years then all of a sudden yeah. let's just do it all and they wrap it all up and it's like you know well, yeah and it's usually that's you know on the studio yeah, of course, it's a because, combination of stuff, and it's just. Yeah. But it kind of it kind of ruins it. It's, it's okay. You kind of go, well, yeah, it's okay, but it wasn't great. And uh, I mean, it and plus the rest of the show. Yeah, and plus, you know, I mean, God, I couldn't even see the dragons at the end. All I saw was a lot of smoke. So <laughs> it was really dark. <laughs> yeah, really dark. I heard about that. Yeah. But you you really had to watch it on like a a four K Blu Ray disc. No, and even then to to, to, to see it. It felt like I was yeah. walking down a really dark road with no lights. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't comfortable. So, um, I don't know. But you know. But again, I, there might be the pressure. So, um, you know, who knows? Yeah, and that's probably yeah, the pressure to to get it done, wrap it up. So here, here's here's the hard question <laughs> I always ask. Okay. <laughs> so when you write the book, so Wolves of Vengeance, for instance. So you okay. write it, finish it, put it out there, and stuff. Um, someone like me goes out, oh, this looks interesting. I buy it. Okay. Take it home. I read it. Besides the story itself, is there something you want me to take away from that book? Is there something you want me to take away from reading that to get uh, that's underlying in the story? Do you, have, do you have some sort of a theme under there? I usually do, and usually those themes um, come out maybe subconsciously. At first, and then as I notice them, I kind of try to try to build them up and make them more a little bit more prominent. You know, I don't like to you know, to ham hand it and to ham fist it and uh, uh, you know beat somebody over the head with a, with a theme or a moral or something like that. But yeah, it's it's interesting um, with wolves. I think. Yeah, it's it's kind of I don't know. I, I I guess with that story, it's this idea of um, uh, uh, the feeling of a new beginning, the feeling of uh, uh, moving past, uh, moving past your past, really, uh, getting uh, I guess getting to that point where you're able to put your past into perspective, put the bad parts into the rearview mirror and kind of drive forward into a new day and uh, uh, kind of a new beginning type thing. And I, I feel that when, when you read, you're so close to the character when you're reading as opposed to film that 
when the character has a transformation, you also have that transformation as well, if you're open to it. And so it's kind of like allowing people to, you know, get rid of, you know, maybe that shadow, the stuff, that the baggage, and, and, and to move forward. Yeah, kill their name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they can move forward. Get out of town before it's too late. Now, website. Do you have a website or do you have a place that you want people to come and stalk you and yes. do things to you? <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I, I always enjoy a good stalking. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, uh, that would be uh, D North Martino with no hyphen uh, dot com. Usually you have to do like HTTP slash backslash backslash. Yeah. On. I don't and that's so my much. blog. Yeah. And that's a good way to, to kind of find what I'm doing. And uh, I, I try to update it. I, I've, I've fallen out of updating it because of the pandemic and I, yeah. I just fell out of it. But Yeah. So, yeah. so do, you, do you have like swear words and dirty pictures on there and stuff? Yes. Oh, perfect. <laughs> a, full, a full list and, you know, you can just uh, – Oh, I'm Rifle through it. all the stuff. And... Yeah, it's going to be on my favorites now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I appreciate that. that. Yeah. No, um, so what we do is we will put your uh, book, your uh, blog as well. We'll do all that up there so it connects oh, awesome. to our website so people listening can do one click and they can uh, find you. And, and by That's all great. means, please, he, he's looking for – now, David would like as many one-star bad reviews as yes. possible. Yes. Exactly. Go all out. <laughs> say the worst things you can say. Get banned. Go for it. <laughs> you know, um, I I welcome it. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> then you have more people to kill in the next. Book. Yeah, exactly. You will die in my next novel. <laughs> That's right, and it's not going to be pretty. Um, <laughs> well, great. Um, now your awesome. book, your last book out is called Wolves of Vengeance, and our guest has been David North Martino. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Al. I really appreciate it. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. 